Welcome back to Off the Cuff. I'm your host, Tommy Jones. I am so glad you're joining me today. This is a special series that I'm calling Things You Probably Shouldn't Discuss at the Dinner Table. Over the next three episodes, I'm going to be in conversations with Jeff Jones. Jeff is the founding pastor of Grace Church here in East End. He's the pastor of Grace Community Church in Fort Smith. And above those things, he's my brother. He and I are going to wade into some pretty important waters as we discuss the Bible and human sexuality, God and your money, and finally the church and politics. I was challenged by these conversations. I grew from them, and I hope you're challenged, and I hope you grow from them. I hope you're more willing to hear some ideas outside the box. As always, this is Off the Cuff. Let's dive in and see where we end up. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Off the Cuff. I am, as always, your host, Tommy. Um, I have a special guest with me today. This is part two of my series with this guest. Let me remind you of some of his credentials. He is a world-renowned scholar. He actually won the Fields Medal for Science in 2003. He is one of the great minds of our times, was the massive driver behind the late 80s purity movement. He has single-handedly changed the world in a million ways. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Jones. Again, it's good to be here, but none of that is true. Well, so it is. So it's just Jeff, my it's brother. It's just me. My brother, my, my mentor in so many ways. Uh, without this man, I would not be a pastor, so I'm thankful for Jeff. And he and I are in the midst of a series. Uh, the series we're sort of working through right now is basically a series on sex, money, and politics, which are the three things we know you all want to discuss at the dinner table. So we're discussing them for you. If you didn't hear our previous podcast, uh, go back and check that out. Uh, it's, it should be on the playlist there. It's called Let's Talk About Sex. But today, we're going to talk about money. And so I'm going to ask Jeff some questions. He's going to respond to them, then I'm going to respond to them. And we're just going to have a conversation with you about a biblical kingdom mindset around finances. And here's what I believe is happening in your car right now. You're becoming strangely clenched. Uh, if you're not driving, your arms are becoming crossed over each other. There's a, a furrow about your brow. And the reason I believe that is because every time I talk about money in church, those things seem to happen in the audience. Do you, do you ever get that when you talk about money? It's almost like the feeling in the room changes. Absolutely. There is a sense where it's the money sermon. So I hear they're going to ask me to give more money and right. that people already have a sense. And then there's just so many issues around money and people's relationship to money and how it's my precious in many ways. Right. And so now you're trying to reach in and hold something that I hold really dearly. And so, yeah, absolutely. You feel that. Yeah. It, there's a tension in the room and, and, if you're not a pastor, this is fun for me to share some inside baseball for y'all. There's a tension in the room that is so tangible from the stage when we're preaching on money that I don't think exists during any other sermon that, that I can think of. I mean, it's like we can talk about sex, we can talk about sin, we can talk about all these different things, but man, we talk about money, and at least in my experience, many times the atmosphere changes a little bit. Yeah, and I think certainly for us as pastors, 
I don't know. They, it's kind of like, oh man, you know, uh, it, I hate it. Something that Used we, to. something that we need to be speaking about that's critical that Jesus said was so important that the Bible has so much to say about. I mean, even in my own heart, I got to check that because it's like, oh man, you know, and yet we need to talk about it more, not less. Yeah. Well, and I think you and I, if we're honest too, we always want to make sure our motives are right because the truth is there are things that need to be paid off. There are things that need to be paid for. And so for me, it's always like this process of going through as I'm writing these messages and making sure, okay, I'm not, my big motivation here is not paying the building off or paying salaries or paying the electric bill or even missions. My motivation is helping people find freedom and a closer walk with Christ. And we have to make sure there are, because we both know pastors' motives can get wrong on this. And it's one of the reasons y'all are so scared of the money talk is because it's been distorted by pastors. Absolutely. When our girls were small, we gave them three jars. One jar was labeled giving, one jar was labeled saving, and one jar was labeled spending. They began with $3 allowance a week, and they put a dollar in each jar. The reason we did that was not because I wanted their money. The reason right. I did that because I loved them, and I knew that they were going to grow up in a culture that is so twisted and distorted around money that I wanted to cement in them from the earliest age a different way of seeing and handling money. And I did it because I loved them, and, and I want that same kind of love for my, for my congregation and for people so that when I speak about money, it's arising not out of the fact that we need to pay the bills. It's arising out of the fact that I love people and I care that money—how many people do you know— who are not free to make decisions in life because mm. money is driving all their decisions now. Um, and I, I see it on a daily basis. It's something for, for you and I, Tommy, I think is critical. Can I do without this job? And it's something Susan, I've always tried to pay attention to. Am I in debt so that I need this job? And if I didn't have the job and make the money I make today, would I be okay? And could I pay my bills? Cause if I'm not, there's a danger of me prostituting myself right. to, to the job and not being free to just speak or do the things that God has called me to do. Yeah, and th there's an Americanized idea of financial freedom, which is I can buy what I want. Uh, it's always the jet ski. It's always the jet. We always use jet ski. As a, you can buy the jet ski. I can have the lake house. I can have all these things. But that's the sort of Americanized idea of financial freedom. But I think there's a biblical view of financial freedom, and that is that money is not your master. The biblical view of financial freedom, I don't think centers around having amount, an amount of money where you can do anything you want. I think a biblical view of financial freedom centers around, number one, acknowledging the purpose of what you have. Like, I don't think it's a sin to be wealthy by any stretch. I don't think it's a sin to have money. I, I think that there is a biblical view around money, though, where money is not your master and where you realize that the resources you have are a gift from God to forward the work of the kingdom, and also to enjoy your life to some extent. Yeah, the biblical word is stewardship. Not a word we use often, yeah. but it's the biblical word. I don't own it. Uh, I am managing it for someone else. And it's one of the reasons I talk to people about, very practically, having a budget, knowing where all your money goes. One day you will have to give an account of this. It's not your money. You need to know where it goes. And I think God would rather you at the end of your life say, hey, God, I took all my money and I, I went to Tunica than to say, God, I have no idea what happened to it. I, I think it's one of the practical reasons why people should be encouraged to keep a budget, understand where all your money is going. That, that reminds me, Tommy, when Tommy got a, 
a job and started to make money. Oh, boy. We sat down at my, <laughs> my parents' table one day to work out on Tommy's first budget. I have budget. no idea where this is going, so I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> we sat down to work so Tommy would have a budget. It's one of uh, Susan, my wife's particular skills. And we worked out Tommy's budget, took what, he, took what he was making, took what he was spending. He didn't like it. And so he just decided not to deal with it. It, right. it was just like, you know, it's just like, there, it's gone. I don't yeah. like it. And it is a powerful thing. And learning to deal with that and gosh, looking at where he is now is like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And it's funny. It, the re, And you're so right. Like living on a budget, which we certainly try to do. We make one at the beginning of each year. You know, I'm looking at it every month, going back, seeing how we're doing. It's not about my retirement plan. It's not about making sure that I can have the shoes I want. It's about the fact that I must answer for the money I have. And I, I don't think I've done a great job of explaining that to people. I think I help people understand they need to budget so they don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. I think I, I help people understand they need to budget so that they can know where their money's going. But man, that's, you need a budget because you will answer to God for how your money was spent. And it, isn't it amazingly wow. clarifying mm. when you see where all your money's going? Oh. You can say whatever you want, yeah. and we all know this, but it's amazingly clarifying when you look and say, uh, here's where all my money went last yeah. year. How much did I spend at Walmart? How much did I spend on this, on that? How much did I... Everybody think, do you ever meet someone who says they're greedy? Oh, I love this. Yeah. <laughs> now, is anyone in your... in our? I've been 13 years, 12 years. You've been what? 40? How long have you been uh, a pastor? Uh, 25. Okay, 25 years. Well, your hair's... Great, real great. So, so does anyone ever come in your office and pastor? I need to talk to you. Oh, what is it? I am so greedy. Like, I just I want to hold all my money and I don't want to share it with anyone. Can you help me work through this? Has that ever happened? No, no. Nor no. will it. Yes, because yes. everyone thinks they're generous. Everyone thinks they're generous, but uh, few people are actually looking at. Um, uh, you know, uh, the the paper and seeing, does this reflect generosity? Yeah. The, you know, and since we're talking about the budget, which is a passion of mine, uh, I think if you're married, the budget does amazing things for couples. It allows you to come together. And it's an amazing tool for bringing unity in a marriage where you can see it together. It's not about feelings. I feel like we have money. I feel like we don't have money. There's no feelings in money. It's dollars and math cents. Math never lies. <laughs> it's just <laughs> math. And I remember when I got my first uh, pastor job, and w the most we had made while we were in seminary was like $12,000. And we get this job where I'm making like $23,000. And I'm wanting to do all this stuff. And Susan lays out the budget in front of me and says, I want you to have all that. Show me where it comes from. Mm. How powerful is that? When Susan says to me, Jeff, I want to have $5,000 worth of shoes. My response is, I want my wife to have $5,000. let us look at the budget. What do you want to take it from? Right. We don't get to go pluck it from the tree. Only the government can just print money arbitrarily. <laughs> <laughs> you and I don't get to do that. But I, I, I think, so let me ask you a fun question, and I'll answer it too, and I have not thought about this. I've thought about the question, but I haven't thought about the answer. That is the honest truth. If you had a one minute, two minute, whatever sermon that you could preach at church without worrying about anyone getting mad at you about money, are, are, are you brave enough on this podcast, which as you know, this podcast is listened to by millions of people throughout the world. <laughs> are you brave enough to share what that message would be? Off the cuff. Off the cuff, baby. Off the cuff. I, 
scary. I think I would simply encourage people to it's challenging, huh? Jeff has yeah. a has a look. I wish the look on his face right now is a mix of yeah. consternation and deep thought. <laughs> no, I'm I'm thinking of I'm I really am trying to think of what is challenging and difficult in this. Uh, right. Whereas I, I think I would just want to say it would require the work of actually knowing where your money's going. Yeah. Uh, and if you lay it out and look at it just honestly before God, does this reflect my priorities? Yeah. Get in a closet with your budget where all your money's gone the last five years and say, God, does this reflect the things I say I believe? And if it doesn't, then just admit that your master is money. Mm, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I don't yeah. know. I, mean, uh, I, I think... Um, and I've probably said little bits and pieces of this, but I think I would string it together something like this. We are very passionate about saying we believe the Bible is true. We demonstrate very little belief uh, in the areas of the Bible that talk about money. We say we can trust God. We say, we can, we say we've given God our heart. It seems like more often than not, we might give him our heart, but we don't give him our finances. It seems also like as it come, when it comes to the church— that there is this belief that a very small amount of people should pay the bills for everyone else. And that's how most churches operate. If, if you could see the income of most churches, I think it's probably fair to say that 10% of the people are paying 80% of the bills. And I don't think it's a matter of, you know, well, that there are people who can give substantially more than my family can. But when everyone is doing their part, that's the body operating like it's supposed to operate. And so I think I would just really, like, if you're not giving, if, if you're not uh, being generous with your money, if you're not allowing God to steward some part of it through the local church, why not? What's the real answer? What, that's what I always want to know. Like, what's the real answer? Is it because we're not buying choir robes with it? If you don't trust the pastor, go somewhere else. But what's the real answer? And I'd like for everyone to stand up and admit it. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. I think the real answer often is, well, it's going to be different someday. I'm, right. I'm going to get bills paid off. When I, then when I, I, then I'm going to. Be, no, you're not. I mean, yeah. that's one of the things we've learned is when people say, well, someday I'm going to start, or when this happens, I'm. No, you're not. If you're not generous with what you have currently, yeah, you will not be generous with what you have in the future. Yeah. When I, then I. If you cannot live now, now this, I don't know. I don't know. I take that back. Uh, there takes a certain, it's expensive to live nowadays and things keep getting more expensive. Sure. Absolutely. But for many people in our, in our congregations, if you are not living within the means you have now, you will not live within the means you have later. Yeah. Andy Stanley has a great series called Be Rich. And one of the things he talks about is if you're not generous with a hundred, you won't be generous with a million. And I know those numbers might be totally, take them and make them work for your situation. But it is much easier to give away a dime than it is $50. It's just easier. It's easier to hand somebody a dime than it is to hand somebody $50. So why would you suddenly be more generous when you have more money? Because that would be larger amounts to give away. Like you must learn and practice generosity. I think Jeff and I both probably talk about this. I know I do. No one is born generous. Kids are greedy, selfish little monsters. And we all know this. We love them, but that put five kids in a room and put one donut. <laughs> Matter of fact, that would be fun. That should be the next podcast. That's good. Five kids in a room, one donut. 
Will generosity abound in that environment? It must be practiced. It's not natural. As a result of sin or whatever, but it's not natural. We're naturally selfish. Absolutely. And I think very few of us had much teaching on this in the home. And and I think oftentimes this is something parents think, I don't talk to my kids about what I make. I don't talk to my kids about what I give. I don't let the kids see how much it costs to live or to pay the bills. Where are kids going to learn how to handle money? Right. Um, uh, you know, somebody's going to teach them. And there are all sorts of, uh, they're, they're learning all sorts of ways how to handle money, just not any good ways to handle money. Yeah. So if you, if you could give, let's say someone's listening and they're like, man, I really want to reorient myself around my finances and I want to have a biblical mindset. What's like the top one or two pieces of practical advice you would give them to move towards a kingdom mindset for their finances? I would say one, begin to give something. That's step. A, a small $10 whatever it is, begin to give something as a step of faith. Second, track your expenses for one to two months. Everything you spend, write everything down for one to two months. Those two steps right there, I think, are the beginning steps. you got to know where all your money's going. And then once you've done that, then you can begin to step towards uh, dealing with all the other issues that are going to arise once you see what's happening right there. Yeah, that's good. And, and I would say mine would be, and this is probably cliche, and maybe it's out there in the world, but maybe it's new for you. Percentage, priority, and progressive. Uh, percentage, know your percentage. Know the percentage of your income that you give. If you truly want to be a positive steward of your money, make it a priority. We don't give after we've done everything else. Giving is off the top. It's from the beginning. It's from, biblically speaking, it's your first fruits. So you don't go, well, I'm going to pay all the bills, and then we're going to go to Chuck E. Cheese, and then we're going to go out to eat. And whatever we have left, we're going to give to God. I mean, think about even saying that out loud. God, I'm going to, I've got this. The, the real question shouldn't be, what am I going to give? The real question, if we're honest, should be, what am, I, what am I willing to keep? If we do share a mindset that all good things come from God. So the second thing is uh, priority. Give off the top or the front. And the third thing would be progressive. I think in every area of our life, we should be striving to grow striving to become holy of heart and mind, striving to become free from the things of this world. And so I think percentage, priority, and progressive. And I think what Jeff and I would also both say is, what you will never hear, and I don't think it's the biblical message, and this is one that's been distorted and perverted, is if you give, God will make you rich financially. I don't believe that. that, that that's the televangelist, but that's not the reality. I think the wealth comes in money not controlling you. I think the wealth comes, uh, we don't want a dollar for dollar God. I really want a God that can give me things money can't buy. I want a God that's bigger than money. And so I believe the return is bigger. I don't think it's, we give one and, and next week there'll be $400 in your bank account if you give ten ninety nine today. I don't believe that. I think that's nonsense. Totally agree. I think generosity is the antidote to greed though. Absolutely. And, and so that's the healing comes as we learn to give God first uh, and to learn what what is the biblical wisdom. So many people are so messed up, they need help too. And we're so afraid to ask anybody for help in this area of our lives. I had somebody who needed some help, but they weren't willing to come and lay out their finances with me. I could help them. 
I might even help them financially sure. if they were willing sure. to come lay it out. But we're so afraid, and we've we've made Satan loves secret dark places. Yeah. And for Truth. most of us, our finances are secret and dark, and we won't let anybody else see. Partly because we're embarrassed, uh, but but we need help. And so if you need help, ask for help. Yeah. Amen. That's that's great. Come talk to someone. Financial burden hurts. It's a pain. Debt is brutal. Um, I'm with Jeff. Come talk to somebody. Come talk to me and let's help work through. Let's build a budget. Let's practice some things. Uh, but uh, I, I'm with him. Generosity is the anecdote to greed. So I don't know. This is a fun little conversation and we could spend hours and hours on this. But I think it's it's helpful to begin thinking, is are my finances being used to serve God? Is Am I stewarding what I have well? Um, am I constantly wanting for more, or do I have some level of contentment? And I think a lot of that comes from uh, using what you have to serve God. So anything else on the financial topic, Jeff? No, except to say to people, you are not defeated and you are not a victim. And many of you guys are probably in a tough spot, and you may have gone a long ways down the road in the wrong direction. You can turn around today. Uh, you can start. Satan wants to tell you it's useless. You might as well go add up more, you know, more debt on the credit card. You're so far in debt now. You might it doesn't, you know, you might as well just keep going. But it's not true. Trust God that He can redeem this area of your life as well. And He can. He can. And we've seen it. And listen, I don't want to get too far into this because I never want to use this as a, as like a. I never want people to think this is manipulation. But I have seen God do miraculous things in the areas of people's finances. Uh, not. There's stories I can't share from close friends of mine where God has shown up in miraculous ways in their finances as they shared uh, in in ways that the world would think were ridiculous. Absolutely. I, I see it over and over again. Uh, and God, the way that God restores and heals and brings life into areas when we open them up and yeah. uh, we, we seek God and we, we've come true to what God is calling us to do. Yeah. So there you go. There's a Jeff and Tommy on money. If you didn't like it, it was Jeff on money. And so that's sort of where we stand on that one. Again, if you have thoughts, comments, shoot me an email, tommy at thegracechurch.net. Enjoyed this time with you. Enjoyed talking through uh, this topic that I know can be a bit sensitive. But I hope that through this podcast, we're giving you a reason to think and we're giving you a, a reason to kind of challenge yourself and grow. And, and again, next time you're in that room and the conversation of money comes up, Maybe instead of getting mad at me, the question should be, why am I so bothered by this? What really in me is so bothered by this conversation? Mm, that's good. Thank you guys so much for your time. Uh, thank you for joining me on Off the Cuff. I love you. Jones out.